This is the week seven of This World is Not Our Home, and this will be the last part of this series. And I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 7, and I'll start at verse 7 through 12. Verse 7 in Matthew chapter 7, and this is Jesus speaking. And he says here, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, you also to them. Do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. I'll stop right there. Now when I read this, these verses, and I got to verse 12, I said, wait a minute. He said, therefore. Therefore usually points to something he just said. And is referencing something he just said. So it said here, he said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. Then it, after he said all that, then he said, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. And then I, I got the understanding of what he was saying here. And it's something that I never really thought of. Because I've heard this preached in a different way about asking, seeking, and knocking. But then I saw the relationship about why he said therefore. So let me just share with you what I what was revealed to me. He, Jesus said here, Give good things to those who ask. Heavenly Father talks about relationship. He gives good things to those who ask. So he sa Jesus said in verse, um, verse 9, What man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, he will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, he will give him a serpent? If our children ask for bread, we won't give them a stone. If they ask for fish, we won't give them a serpent. If our children ask for bread, we'll give them bread. we give them stuff, what, stuff to eat. If they ask for fish, we won't give them chicken. We'll give them fish. So we, as parents, know how to give good things to our children. Jesus is saying, likewise, the Heavenly Father knows to give good things to His children. So as I was reading that, I said, wait a minute. The Father, let me qualify this now. The Father will not respond to things we ask. Seek or knock, which he knows will harm us. <laughs> the Lord will not give us what we ask for, what we are seeking, or what we are knocking, if he knows that what we are seeking or asking or knocking for will harm us. He won't do it. Doesn't mean that we can't get it. That means, well, there's another way, because the enemy will see your persistence triggers our, our spiritual response if God is not doing something and you are intent on having your way, 
You open up yourself now for the enemy to come and give you what you want. But then you reap the consequences of it. Your free will is still intact. Always remember, you are, we are free will individuals. God will never ever usurp our own free will. He will put up obstacles if we are going on the wrong path. But ultimately, our will supersedes the will of God in our lives. So, for example, many times we pursue things which we have and what we want and we work hard at it. Many times. You know, we want to get a, a degree in accounting or we want to get a degree in an uh, engineering degree, whatever it is. You got to study. You got to work hard. It's not going to be handed to you. You got to put the effort in. You got to put the work in. But in many things, God sometimes or somehow gives us the help, the resources, and the favor to accomplish it. When God is in something, you don't really have to stress about how it's going to get accomplished. And I'm sure we all have testimonies of people who have been brought into our lives to help us to accomplish things. That given us favor, guided us, helped us along the way. On the, on the flip side, there are times when there's a struggle to get ahead. Doors are shut. Things don't seem to be going our way. Now you have a choice. You can stop, wait, and seek for guidance. But notice, when things are like everything is coming against you, that's a sign that you need to stop. You need to stop. Because when God is in something, it's not that hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It's a challenge. You do your part and God opens the doors. He brings the people in your path so that you can accomplish the things. Asking, seeking or knocking. He brings the people to, so that you can receive what you're asking for, receive what, find what you're seeking for and when you knock, the doors are open. Right? But when is that hard? When it's like everywhere you turn, the doors have been shut, stop and wait. Maybe you're going in the wrong direction. I trust God to lead you in the direction you need to be going. And as I said, sometimes we are so dog determined to achieve our goal. And when we achieve it, it's not what we really needed. We wasted time and we wasted resources. And I have examples of my life. Of, of things I have done. Yeah, I wasted time and I wasted resources. Even though I got it. Or sometimes I, I, I pursue things and I never finished it. And I wasted time, I wasted resources. Because in the beginning, that's not, not where the Lord was leading me. But as I said, when God's involved, it's not very stressful. When Jesus said, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. When you're asking, seeking, and knocking, we in turn must understand that how we respond to people. Remember, God is not, he's not the father of all of us, but only focused on me. He's also focused on all his other children. So we in turn must un understand that how we respond to people 
Because we are asking, seeking, and knocking. But so are other people. They are asking, seeking, and knocking. So how we respond to people will determine how the Lord will respond to our asking, our seeking, and knocking. Our attitude and our heart must be pure. We don't help people for people to return the favor. We don't help people to get something in return. We don't help people to repay a debt. I'm helping you because you helped me, you helped me last week. So I'm going to help you. After that we even. Have you ever heard people say, do, say things like that to you? You know, you help people or they help you, but they want, a, they, you know, they expect a favor in return. That's not the heart of God. We help people because they need our help. Period. You help people because there's a need and we can meet the need. That's it. We're not looking for accolades. We're not looking for gratitude. We're not looking for praise. We help people because they need our help. Period. Now, Verse 12, as I said, how we respond to people when they ask and seek and knock, God will respond likewise. If you're selfish, when people ask, seek and knock, and you have the capacity to meet the need, but you don't do it, the same way you treat them is the same way you're going to be treated. Verse 12, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. If people are asking, seeking, and knocking, help them, if you can help. Because when you're asking, seeking, and knocking, the same way you are willing to help, is the same way you're going to be helped. Treat people the way you want to be treated. You ever heard that saying? That's what it's referring to. You see, we, t we tend to forget, even though we are the apple of God's eye, your, your neighbor, who is the, the, the other the believer, all of us on the line here, we are all the apple of God's eye. So how we treat our brother is the way we're going to be treated. 99% of the way our needs are met on this life, in this life, is through people. God uses people to meet our needs. Think about that. So how we treat people will determine how we're going to be blessed. That's why he said, therefore, because when we read these scriptures, we always put ourselves in the center of everything. And we and forget the other people. But it, it, it goes both ways. I said, oh, that's why he said, therefore. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, you do also to them. The same way you treat people is the same way you're going to be treated. So, so, so think about that. So, really, I mean, that really took, that brought it home to me about why we have to, the way we carry ourselves, how we talk to people, how we treat people, it matters. Because God, the Bible says, the Lord allow rain to fall on the just, on the unjust. Does He ask the unjust for any favors? No. No, it's compassion, it's mercy. He's lavishing upon them and upon us, the, the righteous and the unrighteous. He doesn't ask for praise. He doesn't ask them to worship Him. And we also must not have that heart. 
When we do things for people, we do it out of love because we love the Lord and we want to glorify Him. That's why we do what we do. We do good to people because we want to be a blessing. We want them to experience the glory of the kingdom of God, the love of the kingdom of God. That's why we help people. We don't do it to, to get. We do it to bless. And automatically, automatically as you bless, you, are, you, are, you will be blessed. Why? Because you cannot help but being blessed. Why? Because that's, that's a, the promise of the Lord. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall who? Men give unto your bosom. This is not just talking about, you know, every time we talk about giving, people think about money. No, it's, it could be anything. Somebody needs food, give them food. Somebody needs love, give them love. Somebody needs some, uh, uh, somebody to, to hear them as they talk about what's going on in their life. Sit down and listen. Listen. Just spending time with somebody and hear, let them get stuff off their chest. That's been a blessing. And we all have a gift. Some people have a, a gift of such a, a compassionate heart. They can sit and listen and talk to people. And godly wisdom comes out of their mouth. They may not be rich. They may not have a, a bank account full of money. But the, listen, when people go into drama, money can't help them. When people go into psychological and spiritual torture, money can't help you. You can have a billion dollars. That is not going to help the person who is going through the mental and the spiritual anguish. That, is, that does not apply in this situation. But if a person is hungry or they need a place to stay, that's where money comes will be helpful. But when it comes to the spiritual things, money can't help. I don't care how much money you have. It cannot help you. So don't get, when you hear give, it's not about money. Money is part of it, but it's not all of it. Get that, get that as they say, stinking thinking out of our heads. Alright, Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. Let's go there real quick. And I'm just going to sum it up with this now. I might... Goodness, I, I, I read this and I, you know, it's, I see the heart of God. I see the heart of, of Jesus, how we ought to live. It's clear, it's so clear to me. Matthew seven twenty four through 27. Okay, verse 24. This is Jesus speaking again. And he's talking about what he has been saying. He's been speaking to people. He's been giving them the words of God. And he's saying, oh, therefore... Therefore means all the stuff I've been saying. This is what you need to be. This is why you need to be doing it. Verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Listen, I have, when I read this, I remembered the landslides that they were having out on the west coast. 
and you saw people with these big houses at the sides of the hill and all of a sudden the water the water that was running under the land just gave way and all these big houses just started collapsing and ended up just being just drifting and going away and this is what he's saying <laughs> this is what he's talking here the rains came then the floods and then the wind and great was the fall everything got washed away because they they thought they built their house on a f solid foundation but they didn't go deep enough when you go deep enough you will know what's there but they didn't go deep deep enough why because that house those houses were all washed away but Jesus is saying here you Obey my words and do them. You don't have to worry about the foundation. That foundation is deep and it's fixed. I don't care what happens. It's nothing that's built on it is going to move. It's important that we hear the word of God and obey it. Now hearing is not just when it's been spoken to you. Hearing is when you're reading it and you're hearing it. Whether it's audible or through, or through the Spirit. You hear the word. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it's not hearing is not enough. You've got to obey and do it. So he said here it is important when we hear the word to obey it. Because Jesus, Jesus said, Jesus refers to that person who, who hears and obeys as wise. Because they, are, they will be prepared when the storms come. When the storms come, you're already prepared for when the storms come. You don't wait until the storm comes then to prepare. It's too late. And the storms will come. And in case you didn't know, we are, in a, we are now in a time where there are many storms that are happening. Coronavirus is a storm. The downturn in the economy is a storm. There are global storms, localized storms. So there are all types of storms. Right? So the question is, you don't prepare for the storm after it comes. They say the snow, we're going to have heavy snow fall. When do you prepare? You don't wait until the snow falls, then to go look for a shovel. You get all the stuff you need. You get ready for So when it comes, you're prepared to deal with it. So he, Jesus is saying here, Oh, he's saying here, the storms will come. But if you're, you're wise, you will hear the word and obey it. So when the storm comes, you can stand up and withstand the storm. There are, not will be, but there are emotional, psychological, and mental stresses which will come and try to derail our lives. Yes, they're physical stuff. That's happening right now. Coronavirus. Loss of jobs. Texas, they had the winter. Unexpected. They weren't expecting it. Right? Fro the whole grid was down. Different places, earthquakes. Uh, uh, flooding here. There are things going on all over the world. Localized stresses. Localized storms. Coronavirus is a global storm. The downturn in the economy. It's localized and it's mostly global, but it's, it's 
severely impacting us in this country and in other countries, some more than others. So there are mental, emotional, and psychological stresses which come and will try to derail our lives. But if we hear the word of God and do it, the storms of this life will not destroy us. We will be standing after the storm has passed. And if you're still standing after the storm has passed, it shows that you were, you were, you were prepared. That is building on the rock. That's what Jesus is, is saying here. That's what he's referring to. He's not talking about a literal house. We are, we are, the times we are living in now, and I'll give you some, some, uh, some, a few statistics. The COVID-19 pandemic. The resulting economic recession have negatively affected many people's mental health and created new barriers for people already suffering from mental illness and substance use disorders. During the pandemic, 4 in 10 adults in the U.S., <clears throat> I'm just talking about the U.S., have reported symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder a share that has been largely consistent, up from 1 in 10 adults who reported these symptoms from January to June of 2019. So the year before 2019, 1 in 10. Last year was 4 in 10. So that shows you that it increased. A tracking poll from July of 2020 also found that many adults are reporting specific negative impacts on their mental health and well-being, such as difficulty sleeping, eating disorders, increase in alcohol consumption or substance abuse. All of those are up. Worsening chronic conditions due to worry and stress over coronavirus. And that's, that's just some of the stuff that's happening due to the impact of this virus. That's a storm. The coronavirus is a pestilence. It's a storm. And a lot of people have never, and I'm talking about the Western world, we have never really been impacted. We have been pretty much free of any major upheavals in our lives until these past few years. So this is a really turned people's world upside down. So there's an uptick in stress, anxiety, substance abuse, mental challenges, and, and, and disorders. This is a storm. This is a major storm. So the question is, as a child of God, how do we interact with this world during these storms? How do we interact? How can we glorify God when we cannot endure under the storms that come in our way? Now let me be very clear, clear here. With that said, we have to be careful with pride. Because many people, I make a statement like this, many people will stay and suffer and not reach out and get the help they need. Why? Because they say, how come you don't have the faith to stand? Listen, we're not on top of our game 24-7. You need help? You pray to God, but you ask for help. That's God's way of providing the help you need. When you ask and you seek and you knock. If you don't ask, how are you going to get the help you need if you don't ask? God will provide the people to ask to help you when you ask. When you seek and you knock. If you sit in your house 
and you, you don't have food to eat? Do you think it's just going to appear? I'm not saying that it won't, that the Lord won't supernaturally have somebody just come, come to your house and say, Hey, do you need, I, you know, the Lord sent me here to, to, you know, I had a dream about you that you needed, that you needed something, so I just brought this. That can happen. But he's, we are talking here, asking, seeking, and knocking. When you pray and you ask God for, for, for things, you have to take a step of faith. Swallow your pride. Forget about your pride. Talk to your brother or sister in Christ. Hey, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need help with this. Can you help? And of course, if your brother really loves the Lord and they have the capacity to help you, they will help you. That's what we are about. We are about helping each other. We need each other and we have to help one another. If somebody asks me for bread, I won't give them a stone or I won't send them away if I can help. I help. And I look for nothing in return. I am laying up treasure in heaven. I am being rich towards God. But don't let your pride get in the way if you need help. Ask, seek, and knock, and get the help you need. Alright, so we need to really understand God's word. We need to know the heart of God. When Jesus is talking about the storms here, know the heart of God. Oh my God, there are ways people can spin this. But if you really look at it face value and you know the heart of God, you will understand how this, what Jesus is saying here, how you can apply it to your life. If we know the heart of God, we will know His Word. Because God and His Word are one. We need to know Him as He really is. And there's nothing like a storm to get rid of all your religious ideas or your or your whatever ideas you have about who God is. There's nothing like a storm to flush the, the, the junk out of your life. Because whatever is junk, won't, it won't be standing after the storm passed. Whatever is true will be, stand, will be still standing. But whatever ideas you had about God that's not accurate, He will get that right out of your thinking. Because it won't survive the storm. It won't survive the storm. When storms come, what we think we know about God is put to the test. If, it's not, if you're not doing the God's word, if you're not walking in the truth, not my truth or your truth, if you're not walking in the truth of who God is, or whatever you built will, will become crashing down. It will come crashing down. If we tr truly know that the Lord loves us, we will look at the storm as a learning experience. And our relationship with Him will be stronger and more intimate. However, if we only look at what we lost and not at what we could learn, we will grow weaker and many will and have walked away from the faith. I look at the lessons I need to learn in it. And what am I learning? I am learning of the faithfulness of God. I am learning about that His Word is true. I know it because... The Lord has been keeping us in the midst of everything that is going on here. We can still pay our bills. We can still feed, eat. Our, our, we, our heat is still on. The Lord is keeping us by His power. That is faithfulness. This is what I am learning in the midst of it. 
that when when I when I obey his word, when I trust in him, I don't care what storm comes, I will be standing when the storm passes. I know that. I am persuaded of it. As I said in the Psalms, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I know that. I don't care if a thousand fall on my side and ten thousand up my right side. No plague shall come come near my dwelling. Why? Because that's his promise to me. That is his promise to me. And he is proving himself. So when the storm comes, I know when it passes, I and my family will still be standing. I know that. Why? Because that's his promise to me. I am his child. I am his son. I am the apple of his eye. So I know it. And we better know this. We got to know this. Because I'm telling you, the times that are coming upon us, it's not going to get easier. You can't be weak. You have to get intimate with God. You got to get closer to him. Know him for who he really is. So when the storm comes, when it keeps coming, we could stand and we can, and he can glorify himself through our lives. When people say, how come you made it through? Well, I can tell you because of, of Jesus. Because he, because of him, I have a relationship with the Father. And the word of God to me is that he will keep me in the midst of any storm. And if you want to be kept, you've got to come out from the darkness into light. You've got to live your, give your life to Christ so that you can, you can be kept by that same power that, have, that has been keeping me in the midst of everything. Glory to God. We are the light in this darkness. We are the salt of the earth. We are the city on a hill that cannot be hid. Let our light shine before men. That is, see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. That is why we are here. That is what we are about. That is how we interact with the people in this world. This is how we interact with the world. So that the Father can be glorified through the Son as we abide in Christ. That's what Jesus prayed in John 17. He spoke it, he prayed it, and it is coming to pass. It is coming to pass because he said it. He said that that's what he prayed. And God doesn't pray idle prayers. While we are here on this earth, learn to build on the rock by knowing Jesus. That's how you build on the rock. You know him and you obey his word because he will reveal it to you. He revealed himself. When God, when Jesus, Jesus said, I will abide with you and I will manifest myself to you. He said, I will reveal myself. He's the word. The word and Jesus are one. The God and his word are one. He will reveal himself. The word will come alive in you. And he will give you the wisdom to apply it to your life. So that you could stand when the storm comes. So build on the rock. We must know him intimately. Who he really is. Not the religious Jesus or not the whatever. Get that mess out of your mind and know him for who he really is. There is nothing like a storm to really show who God is, his character. Why Jesus walked the earth? You know, he didn't have a lot of personal belongings. He didn't own property. 
Jesus probably had a few change of clothes, maybe a, one pair of sandals, maybe two. But you know what? All of that stuff is gone. None of it is around anymore. It's rotted. You know, he died. His clothes, some of his stuff, they, they gambled. His tunic was gambled on. They divided his, his clothing, his stuff among them. All that stuff is rotted and gone. It's not around anywhere. You know, if he had a staff, whatever he had on this earth, it doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's gone. His purpose for coming on the earth was clear and he fulfilled it. He didn't have a lot of material stuff, but he came and accomplished his purpose. He fulfilled it. He shared what he had and what mattered. What did he share? The Father, the Word. He shared himself. He said, I only say what the Father tells me to say, and I do what he shows me in like manner. He shared what he had. What was that? He had the Father in him, and he shared the Father to the world. We have that same light in us, and that's how we have to share it, that same light. <laughs> he showed compassion and extended mercy by, by relieving the suffering of many. All the miracles he did, what all that was just relieving people's suffering. That's it. He allowed the light to shine in him by his attitude and what he said and did. Even laying on his life for the sins of the world so anyone who believes in him can have eternal life and access the kingdom of God. You know that? That's it. His assignment, his mission, is also now ours because he says, I send you into the world. Go into all the world. Share the good news. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Let your light shine with more for men that they see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. That's what he did. He said, Father, I come to do your will. I have glorified your name. I have honored you, Father. That's before he was taken, he was Going on the cross. He said, Father, I have glorified your name. I have honored you. And that's what he said. When we let our light shine, we are honoring the Father. We are glorifying the Father. Glory to God. I'm telling you, this is what our life is about. It's not about our food. It's not about the clothing. It's about glorifying God. And you get to that when you seek the kingdom. You tap into it when you abide and the, the Lord can express himself and glorify and honor the Father. Oh my God. I'm telling you. Alright. Anyhow. I'm going to stop there. And that concludes this series. The world is not our home. I really, 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 really hope you learned something today.